Hello, America. Today's a really good, funny, funny uh, show that I don't think you're going to want to miss. Uh, a second of it, uh, Bernie Sanders is Larry David. I, I put the candidates for the Democrats in and frame them as the Republicans in 2016. And, you know, who's Ted Cruz? Uh, and who is Bernie Sanders on our side in 2016? Also, we talked a little bit about the VA, uh, the VA uh, rally, uh, the rally in Virginia. Um, Bloomberg, if you had $54 million, billion, would, would you be asking people for votes in Iowa? Because Stu and I would be ghosting that one. <laughs> uh, you don't want to miss a second of today's podcast. You're listening to... The best of the Glenn Beck program. Uh, by the way, there is a, a new book out called Profiles in Corruption by Peter Schweitzer. Oh, wow. Uh, here's, here's what's amazing. Look at this. It's a 300-page book, and the last 104 pages uh, is all fine print footnotes. I wow. mean, this thing is so well documented. Let me give you one of the stories. Uh, an extensive overlap in uh, Frank Biden's dealings and Obama Who? Biden. Hmm? Frank, Frank Biden. Biden. Yeah, it's a brother. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in their foreign policy in Central America uh, has just been exposed in this book. Frank Biden first set his uh, sights on uh, on uh, Central America back in 2009 as the Obama administration began to repair the U.S. relationship with Costa Rica. I know we've been laying awake at night going, how's our relationship with Costa Rica? Mm. Uh, When President Obama entered the White House, he set out to mend fences in the region in hopes of inaugurating a new era of global cooperation. Leading that charge on that front was Joe Biden, who has longstanding ties to the region from his tenure leading the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Costa Rica? I mean, you're leading the Foreign Senate Relations Committee and... Costa Rica is even on your radar? Shortly after the new administration took office, Frank Biden began scouting real estate opportunities in Costa Rica. A lawyer by training, Frank was undeterred by his complete lack of background in international development. This is such a common thread in the Biden story, isn't it? It's people doing things overseas with hey, no experience and Americans. no prospect they're, for success, yes. yet they all work out so well. Right. Because they're Americans, they have the can-do Biden um, spirit. Mm. They're just lunchbox Joes. Middle-class Joe? Middle-class Joe. Is it middle-class Frank? It's middle-class Frank. Is it lunchbox Frank? <laughs> it sure is. Wow. When you open up your lunchbox, you're like, I got a Frank in there. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> and he gets the job done. Well, actually, no, he doesn't get the job done, but he's in there swinging. Shortly after the new administration took office, uh, Frank Biden began scouting real estate opportunities in Costa Rica. Uh, Schweitzer notes, despite the professional and personal handicaps, business opportunities somehow were plentiful, mm. plentiful for Frank, especially after his brother paid a visit to the country. Just months after Vice President Joe Biden's visit in August, Costa Rica News announced a new multilateral partnership to reform real estate in Latin America. The head of this, 
Frank Biden and a developer named Craig Williamson. Uh, they, they have a newly planned resort, is what it said. The venture officially sold to investors as, uh, and the public as an opportunity to protect Costa Rica's breathtaking beauty amounted to little more than decimating the country's natural wilderness to build a luxurious resort for wealthy foreigners. In real terms, Frank's dream was to build in the jungles of Costa Rica thousands of homes, a world-class golf course, casinos, and an anti-aging center. What the hell is an anti-aging center? This family is creepy. The Costa Rican government was uh, eager to cooperate with the vice president's brother. So here's the thing. His business that he just started in this development, his first thing, his business only benefited from uh, $54 million of your tax money. But that's all he took. That's all he had, 54. So I don't know what anybody is really having a problem with. Well, it was a loan. You know, $54 well, million dollars in loans. And, well, you know, you look, a lot of times you're going to give loans to people who have no experience in the industry that they're jumping into. Okay, that, so he did the you know golf course thing, and that mm-hmm. failed. Um, yeah. And he lost a lot of money. But then he got right back up at the plate. And he's like, you know what Jamaica needs? Solar power. And uh, I'm sure somebody in his life went, Frank, you know, you don't know anything about solar power. Yeah, so? I'm an entrepreneur. And they're like, yeah, but you didn't know anything about the Costa Rica golf course development and lost all of that guaranteed money from the U.S. taxpayers. I'm just playing Joe Biden here. Right, right. Uh, And I don't know if you're a really good bet. I mean, somehow or another, you talked me into it because I really believed in you Mm -hmm. that you were going to make this and you're going to pay these American taxpayers back and you failed to do that. I don't know if solar power is the right way to go. Somehow or another, Frank convinced his brother for another $6.5 million (laughs) in taxpayer uh, backed huh. loans. Wow! Uh, in a on a solar company, and we all know how that solar company is doing today. Oh, it's huge! It's it's Jamaican, no, it failed. Jamaican? No, hmm. it it failed. Huh? Uh, but it was it, it was only in the end, it was only a forty seven point five million dollar loan. That's it. That's it. Just the forty seven point five million. That's it. See, here's the thing. I want to know because you just kind of described a, an extensive vetting process <laughs> yeah. for these projects. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, do you really think that much vetting went on? Because we know with Hunter Biden, what the only vetting that went on was, I hope you know what you're doing. Well, that's because Which was one question that Joe Biden asked Hunter Biden. Right. That's because mm-hmm. he didn't feel he had to. Because I hope you know what you're doing. Have you seen your your Uncle Frank? Hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Two failed businesses. Now you're going into a business you don't even speak the language. And I don't mean technical language. I mean the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, <laughs> and I hope you know what you're doing because look at your washed out, you know, probably on the road to be an alcoholic, you know, uh, uncle. Stupid brother of mine who's just lost $54 million of taxpayer money <laughs> right into his pocket. Now, I don't you know, know Frank's history. Hmm? Is Frank's history as um, problematic as uh, Hunter's history is, though? I mean, is there, or is he just a no, failed business guy? Well, I think failed business How guy. How many hookers I, has he knocked up this week? I don't know if he's ever knocked up a hooker while he was with his 
brother's widow Mm -hmm. who he divorced his wife to be with right and then got a hooker pregnant i don't know if that runs in the family that close but seemingly wild success does (laughs) when when i say success i mean they walk out with a lot of money right well yeah of course the businesses fail the important things right Mm -hmm. yeah so it's good to know that the biden family is doing so well uh all right now i present to you the probably the most important and favorite portion of the show we get letters uh and they say glenn what are the latest identity threats and i'll say you gotta wait for the next update well it's finally here over 26 million customers have their dna information in databases maintained by dna testing companies good lord is my name on this but some of these companies might be vulnerable to data breaches as any other company, and your DNA information might be a tempting target for hacker- hackers who could sell this information on the dark web. you got to be kidding me. Hasn't happened yet. That's the good news. <laughs> but you could worry about it happening. Or you could just get LifeLock. LifeLock, see, I've got this, detects a wide range of identity threats, including the DNA thing, huh? And the agents work to fix them if there is a problem. Somebody opening a new account in your name, selling bits of your personal information on the dark web. These and other crimes are things you don't need in your life and you don't need to worry about. You need somebody else to worry for you. Uh, No one can, like the house thing, like, honey, I don't know if LifeLock can protect you from the crimes against your home that have been perpetrated by your own children. I tried to stop it the whole time. Just couldn't hold the floodgates back. But anyway, they can help you if if you have threats to your identity. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year by using promo code BECK. That's 1-800-LIFELOCK, 1-800-LIFELOCK, or head over to lifelock.com and use the promo code BECK for 25% off right now, 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. We break for 10 seconds, station ID. Bow, bow, bow. Hello, Stu. It's good to have you here. Thank you so much. It's good to have you here. I'm very excited Are to you? be here. Yes. Are you? It's impeachment day. It is. It is. It's the day you know they're going to have. We're going to get to hear a lot about voting on amendments to see what kind of evidence can be uh, mm-hmm. put into the trial. And then tomorrow, they're going to start talking. Uh, they're going to start the trial, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do two sessions mm-hmm. of 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to end every night at like 1 a.m. Mm. Yeah, why start? You know, why start when people are awake? Well, this is the the complaint of the Democrats who mm-hmm. who claim that the reason they're doing it this way is to bury much of the evidence after everyone's asleep. Which I don't know. I mean, the arguments are going to go on long into the evening, and most people probably aren't going to tune into them. I got news for you, Democrats. No one's tuning in anyway. People are not interested in this. I actually am because I'm into history. I actually am. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't find it to be all that interesting. I mean, look, this is a blatantly partisan thing, and the founders were smart enough uh, to set the bar high enough in the Senate that it was almost impossible to get a conviction. I mean, there's never been one in U.S. history. Uh, we've been around for a while. So this one's also not going to be one. So we make a big deal about look, impeachment because it's generally speaking rare, but what does it mean? To get 50% of the House to vote on something is no, no big parlor trick. Look, let me give you the most compelling argument to pay attention to this mm-hmm. as possible. Okay. Okay. It rarely happens. 
that. It, let, let me, let me, let me. I didn't. Okay, so let me give you, let me give you the comparison in real life. We don't know how long your grandma's going to be with us. I mean, oh no, you should go to see your grandma. Okay, because she might not be with us very much longer. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the only reason. Why? We don't know how much longer this republic is going to last. <laughs> you should watch. You should be there when it takes its last gasps. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, because life if, support is on. Yeah, and if we make it through, hey, you saw a bit of history that not a lot of people have seen before. In fact, no one has ever seen the American Republic act like this before. Mm, it is. So it's like you're the, ma- you're the first man on the moon. It is completely insane. I mean, yeah. the founders talked about this as being, eventually it will be a partisan process and it will go through this but that's why there's 67 you know uh, votes needed in the senate i mean listen to chuck schumer talk about this we played that clip yesterday i mean schumer's like look eventually if you if you go after bill clinton the democrats are going to come back and just do this for you know pure partisan reasons and here he is leading the charge Whoa, here it is uh, but it's him and remember he's right remember the vast right wing conspiracy w- w- took hold because They've been after this president, Bill Clinton, since even before he was elected. This has been their goal the whole time. Really? Does that seem like now? The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn, and you're listening to the Glenn Beck program. If you like what you're hearing on this show, make sure you check out Pat Gray Unleashed. It's available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. So, uh, Pat. So, uh, the rally yesterday, the piles of dead bodies. Oh, my gosh. Uh, horrific. Oh my gosh. Was, oh my it, gosh. was it a horror or what? Hang I on mean... just a second. Let's listen to what <clears throat> the press said. Okay. Here's a montage of what the press said about this rally and what was coming to Virginia. Right now, thousands of gun rights activists, white nationalists, militia groups all swarming the Virginia state capitol. There are a lot of people nervous about what's going to happen. Authorities in Richmond are on high alert. It could be a tense day. Such polarization, what may happen in Virginia. Several hate groups, supposedly some white nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalists. White nationalist groups. White supremacists. White supremacists. White supremacists. White extremists. This entire rally stands in in opposition to the meaning of this day. Virginia on the edge. How concerned are you that there might be some people in this crowd that may want to get violent? There's certainly a lot of concern here. Raising fears of a dangerous confrontation. It could be violence. And there is real concern there about what the intention is behind this. There's a lot of concern about the potential this for violence. This spark violence. Tensions high in Virginia may cause violence there. North, I'm clearly trying to avoid another Charlottesville. Yeah. In Charlottesville. Could see a repeat of what we saw in 2017 in yeah. Charlottesville. Similar to what we saw in Charlottesville. Worrying about a repeat of Charlottesville. Horrible 2017 Charlottesville disaster. You look at what happened in Charlottesville. The two sides clashed in Charlottesville. Men walk through the capital in Virginia carrying weapons of war. Many demonstrators <laughs> are in fact heavily armed. Heavily, heavily armed. Heavily armed. Look at the gear. What mm. is this all about? Militia groups. Armed militia. These militia groups. Far-right militias. Militia. Militia groups. Far-right extremists. 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 Look, those threats which caused the governor to call for a state of emergency have simply not emerged. Uh, the police very clear in saying that they have not had a single arrest uh, during this rally. Thank you. <laughs> at least CNN told the truth at okay. the end. Yeah, they yeah. did. At the you end. Know? At mm-hmm. the end. Yeah, they smeared them for week, about <laughs> yes. a week. But right. then at the end, they did do they that did one tell report the truth. where they're like, hey. Okay, nothing happened. You know what's crazy is uh, the reports were not a single arrest. The police were not out in force. 
because I think the police knew. The police knew who these people were. So uh, the police were not out in force. And the, quote, uh, crazy, radical militia groups. Mm-hmm. The white supremacists. White supremacists brought trash bags and cleaned <laughs> up after themselves. That's just like those Nazis to try to trick you into thinking right? that they're not litter bugs. I was, right? I was, you know they are. I was shocked. <laughs> I was shocked at the number of Nazi armbands yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, they were all invisible, but I think that's even worse. It, well, that's of course, worse of when they course try to hide it, it like that. And then when when Adolf Hitler got up and he started, I thought the guy yeah. was dead. And he introduced Eichmann. Oh my oh, gosh, man, those were and now terrible that wasn't times. nobody heard it or saw it, but that makes it worse. I think it does, Pat. <laughs> I really do. I do. And you know what these Nazis these liars? Do? These they are so <laughs> insidious. They all pretend like they all say. Oh, I was against the Nazis. I have Uh nothing to do with the Nazi party. Right. You know what I mean? Wink, wink. Right. Yeah. Right. And so they're denying (laughs) all of that stuff every single day. So they say things like, we're against them. Hey, we're just constitutionalists. We're for small government. Mm -hmm. We just, we care about everybody's rights. Sure. That's what the founder said, too. Yeah. And then what did they do? They had slaves. That's what they did. Okay, and so, they fomented revolution. Y- thank you. So these Nazis—they they had guns, even though they don't appear to be Nazis. Mm-hmm. They speak out against Nazis. <laughs> they fought wars against Nazis. Uh, their silence, mm-hmm. their silence, Ryan. their silent support of Nazis. Their silence is mm-hmm. deafening. It's, it's worse. Deafening it's and worse. worse. Yeah. It's worse <laughs> than what MSNBC said. It worse. is. Because there's no sign Thank of you. it. Thank there's you. There's no sign of it. Everybody was pretending to <laughs> be nice. Which makes everybody relax. Right. And then what and happens? And then they got gotcha. you. Yeah, they have It's to. worse. Right where they want you. Worse than MSNBC. It, it's worse. It's much worse. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically where they are. That's where the media it is. It is. Basically it is. is at it, this point. They're hiding it. They're hiding it. <laughs> they're hiding it. Everybody knows that dog whistle that they blew yesterday. Thank you. Well, dogs know it. People can't hear dog whistles. No, that's a weird but thing. But all the yeah. racist dogs, they were all there. You see how many German shepherds <laughs> how were there? How many white dogs were there? A <laughs> right. lot. A right. lot of them. Yeah. And I a will say, it was nice to see the media uh, a year after the Covington incident, really learned their lesson. Learn their over, lesson over incidents like this. They did learn their. They lesson. learned their lesson. <sighs> yes. They know you notice it. it don't was... hype things that aren't real. Don't do it because because right. right. you'll get burned. In fact, you'll have to pay millions of dollars in lawsuits. Right. Potentially, like, like, CNN, like CNN, did. CNN did, and CNN paid that. Nobody else has paid that. And who is the one mm-hmm. that came out immediately and went, "Hey, these weren't right. racist. These uh, it was all peaceful. They were great." CNN. Now they can oh. smear leading up, but mm-hmm. as huh. soon as there was no evidence, that's a that nice that little ev- explanation for why they would have done that. Exactly right, huh? Thank you, Sandman. <laughs> yeah, Nick Sandman was. I mean, that's a brave look. That's a brave Sandman, kid. Brave kid. Bring us. I feel like it's more like Enter Sandman when CNN's looking at it. They're like, oh no. Here it comes. <laughs> this is. I, I mean, it is a pretty amazing development. I mean, a year ago, here they are trashing this kid who's standing in his place and they were nothing nothing and it was just, i will say the washington post was worse than cnn mm-hmm. um there were a couple of organizations that actually went further than cnn but still they, yeah, they but not as far as the nazis no not that far of right. course not the nazis yesterday you mean yeah, yeah the, the, the invisible the ones nazis. that didn't say a thing right. during that whole sandman thing yeah. they were like pretending to like hey uh-huh. i don't think this is fair 
Right. That's worse. It's worse than what the Washington Post did. <laughs> it I mean, is much worse. Invisible worse. Nazis have got to be one of the worst things oh my in gosh. the world. Yeah, because you wouldn't even uh-huh. know they were the there. concentration right. camps that these people are not building right now. Or they're that's, building. That's worse than actual building <laughs> Nazi concentration camps. <laughs> right. It's worse. Right. So <laughs> because that just means they're due to build more Nazi they're concentration due. They, camps. When they start building them, <laughs> right? They'll be they're everywhere. The it's all, it's yeah. all built up inside of. They them. think they have us, but they we're on to them. <laughs> On to them. Thank you, CNN. Thank you for opening our eyes. Utterly Can you believe amazing. all those people who were armed to the teeth? And they were. A lot of them were. They, you know, they had uh, AR-15s. Somebody and, brought a 50 cal. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, <laughs> and not, brought, not one. And it shows that, gosh, you, you could actually have a gun and not shoot somebody with yeah, it. Yeah, wait a minute. You uh, could have a weapon what? of war, a 50 caliber machine gun. <laughs> and not use and it? Not use it. Weird. Huh. Weird. I didn't see that coming. No. Well, CNN that's... certainly didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't see a few things coming. Oh, man. They didn't see a few things coming. But, uh, well, the good news is they don't have to cover mm. this. They did their damage. Now they can move right on to the impeachment trial. Thank goodness. You know what I mean? Yes. Where they can talk about these extremists. Oh. These just radical oh. extremists uh, that are are trying to... <laughs> Take the country back from whom? From whom? The black man? The orange that, man. They're the trying orange to take it back from the orange man. Is that what? <laughs> yes, the orange man in the White House. Wow. There's nothing worse than an orange man in a White House. That's Although I do like dreamsicles. And that kind of sounds <laughs> like a dream sickle. It kind of does. <laughs> it does. Orange man, White House. I'm in. Now, do you think, do you think the Senate will uh, vote to do the witnesses? Or are we going to end this thing quicker? Like in two weeks wrapped up, or is this a months-long process? It's it's not going to be a months-long no. process. I do think that there's a chance that they vote yes on, you know, they only need four Republicans. Though there's no indications yet that... Mitt the, Romney. Romney's not even the one they're talking about. They're talking about Murkowski and yeah, Collins well, and Lamar Alexander. Yeah. And Romney's but that's only three. It. If you don't have Romney in that, I don't think he's been saying he's going Maybe. to. Uh I, I don't think Romney he can afford will to. always make the wrong choice. Although he can't afford to. Like, again, like <laughs> he I can't afford to. I don't like him. I'm not a massive uh, Mitt Romney fan, but he has I not don't been. like him. Other than just generally speaking, <laughs> Romney speak, he has not yeah. been outspoken and saying, I'm going to, you know, I, we need this he's to go to trial. He's thinking or... about it. It's worse. <laughs> it's worse because <laughs> he's, worse he's worse. not saying he's it. He's not saying anything. Oh, my God. He's that does. That makes it worse. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> He's an invisible vote for witnesses. I'm just and telling you. <laughs> he may very well vote for it, but it, and they only need four. He will. Even if it's just in his Even head. if he doesn't, that's worse. Does, that's worse. worse. Because he sold us out and then sold himself out on top of it. Bad. Yep. Bad. Yep. That All is right. bad. That is bad. Wow. Right? Mm. You know he wants to, mm-hmm. but then he won't. So he's a double sellout. <laughs> This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, it's Glenn. And if you like what you hear on the program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. His podcast is available wherever you download your favorite podcast. Hi, it's Glenn. If you're a subscriber to the podcast, can you do us a favor and rate us on iTunes? 
If you're not a subscriber, become one today and listen on your own time. You can subscribe on iTunes. Thanks. Okay, I want to show you that what we're seeing is, yes, it is a comedy TV show. What we're seeing happening on the Democratic side is a comedy TV show. Now, let me show you. This is a internal video from the New York Times editorial board with Bernie Sanders speaking to the editorial board on why they should endorse him because this is who he this is who he is listen to this amazing audio look i don't tolerate bull- terribly well and i come from a different background than a lot of other people who run the country I'm not good at backslapping I'm not good at pleasantries. If you have your birthday, I'm not going to call you up to congratulate you so you love me and you write nice things about me. That's not what I do. Never have. And I, and I, you know, I, just, I, I take that as a little bit of a criticism, self-criticism. I've been amazed at how many people respond to, happy birthday. Oh, Bernie, thanks so much for calling. You know, it works. It, it's just not my style. Um, <laughs> you know, I try to stay focused on the important issues facing working families in okay. this country. And I stop, 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 stop. Now, I'll show you that this is a TV show. I want you to play that audio again, and Sarah, watch for my cue on when to start it, and it'll all fall together. Go ahead, start the uh, burning audio. Look, I don't tolerate bull**** terribly well, and I come from a different background than a lot of other people who run the country. I'm not good at backslapping. I'm not good at pleasantries. If you have your birthday, I'm not going to call you up to congratulate you so you love me and you write nice things about me. That's not what I do. Never have. And, I, and I, you know, I, just, I, I take that as a little bit of a criticism, self-criticism. I've been amazed at how many people respond to, Happy birthday! Oh, Bernie, thanks so much for calling. You know, it works. It, it's just not my style. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I this stay... is Larry David. It is. Yeah. It is Larry David. You can't, you can't write that unless you're Larry David. And he's just as like frustrated and miserable, oh, and it's you know, crazy. it's the same character. It's crazy. Okay, but that's not the character they want. Okay, they don't want Larry David. They want Donald Trump. Who they, does? The Democrats. They I want, may have missed a news story. What do you no, mean? No, no, no. <laughs> they want a Donald Trump. They want somebody who speaks to the American people, just says it like it is. On their version of it. What evidence do you have of this? They want to beat Donald Trump. So they're <laughs> looking for someone. They want their that, own Donald Trump? They want their own Donald Trump. They can box people out, you know, mm-hmm. uh, punch them in the face, get them to shut up and sit down. That can wield power like Donald Trump does. Okay? That's what they want. They want that kind of personality. Okay, so let's look. At, as, I, as I was... As I was looking at the uh, the Democratic field the other day, and I started I started thinking, okay, so what's really going on here? How can we possibly relate uh, to the people uh, that are uh, on the uh, you know on the stage? Because they're all weirdos and freaks. And is it just me? No, it's not. <laughs> so I thought, what is it that they are actually? Uh, what is it that they're actually looking for? They have Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, and Michael Bloomberg, also still in the race, Andrew Yang, and Tom Steyer. Well, you're forgetting about Michael Bennett, Tulsi Gabbard, John Delaney, and Deval Patrick. 
Yeah, sure. I uh, sure I am. Yeah. Okay. Sure. See? Just yeah. like the rest of America. But let's just take let's just take the ones that they have. What they're doing is what the Republicans were doing in 2016. There was a chance to have a new party and a new direction. Okay. And if you look at all of the players here, you will see that the same players just on the opposite side were in 2016, except for one. Joe Biden. Who's Joe Biden? Joe Biden is the establishment. He's more of the same. He's what everybody has grown to go, I'm sick of. Joe Biden is Jeb Bush, except at 80. <laughs> okay? If, if he was Jeb Bush's age, he might have a chance. But he's the same guy. Bernie Sanders, they hope in some ways, is Donald Trump, because they're just looking for somebody that can beat him. And he's not Donald Trump. He's, well, I would say in 2016, he's Rand Paul, but he's more Ron Paul because he had that big following that only cared about Ron Paul. And they didn't care about anything else. In fact, they wanted to burn the rest of the situation down. You know, the party can go burn itself to the ground. They didn't care. That's Ron Paul. And and because they're ideologues, they just have, you know, Mao's little red book. We had the little pocket constitution. It's Rand Paul or Ron Paul. Elizabeth Warren, like Ron Paul was too extreme for some people. But they like the fact that he was constitutional and... You know, he believed in all of these things, yada, yada, yada. But he was too far. You wanted somebody that was more, you know, wonky or, you know, just could could operate in the system without burning it down. Mm -hmm. That's Elizabeth Warren. So Elizabeth Warren is Ted Cruz. Just the opposite side. All right. Ted Cruz is the guy who would go. You're like casting the movie. This, you're, like you're casting the movie of the Republican primary with the Democratic candidates because <laughs> they kind of have yeah. an equ- there's an equivalence. There's an equivalence. Mm-hmm. They're not exact. Yeah. And they're certainly ideologically on the opposite ends. But Ted Cruz was Ron Paul, except he wasn't going to burn the system down. He had a plan and he was going to mm. uh, will execute this. Well, he was methodical. I, I can see that. That's that's okay. those are fair so far. Right. Um so you have Elizabeth Warren as Cruz. Pete Buttigieg, I'm not really comfortable, but I think he's kind of like Marco Rubio. Yeah. He's he's less experienced than Marco Rubio, but you look at him, he's like, ah, he should win. I mean, it's kind pretty of on good. Paper. I, I, on paper, he's good. Now, I kind of thought Rubio could be Kamala Harris, the on-paper candidate she that should win. She would probably be better. But she's dropped out. Yeah. Buttigieg is the closest thing I think you have to Rubio. Yeah, and I don't think I have – I don't have anybody uh, clear-cut for for uh, Buttigieg. That's good, though. I think you're right, though. I think Rubio's a good example there. Uh, Andrew Yang, Carly Fiorina. Okay, both tech entrepreneurs. and Tech entrepreneurs, yeah. somebody who speaks common sense – um, you know, may not everybody on the other side is not going to agree with. But somewhat palatable to the other side at times. Correct. And mm-hmm. somebody who's just like, can we just talk facts and figures here for just a second? Can we just be rational human beings for a minute? Generally thought of smart, well-liked. Correct. Yeah, Correct. I get that. All right. Okay. 
So you got me so far. Um, Amy Klobuchar seems like you know a normal human being, but probably not so much. You know, <laughs> uh, kind of like a John Kasich. Where you're kind of like, eh, okay, but now, yeah. I went back and forth with John Casey because I think, in a way, it could be Tulsi Gabbard because Is they it, because they perceive her the way we perceive John Kasich, Kasich just a total was, sellout. But Casey was much more of a party, you know, figure. He's a more of a Republican yeah. creature. Gabbard's yeah, not you're right, at all. You're right. So Klobuchar is so probably the right Klo- one. Yeah, because Klobuchar, too, is one that, that occasionally seems palatable to the other side, which pe- what people said about Kasich. You know, K- Kasich was the one candidate that the Democrats would say they wanted out of the entire field. And probably Republicans might say the same thing about Klobuchar. I mean, we, we talked to, we talked to um, Mike Lee when he was in here, and we said, yeah. hey, what do you think, who is of the Democrats that are running that you work with, who is the closest to the Constitution? And he said Klobuchar. So, I mean, you can kind of see that. Gabbard is, I think, likable in different ways in that she's standing up against the Democrats. I think that's the main reason people like her. Her policies are just not even remotely close to what a Republican would want. There are some people on the right who are like her anti-intervention sort of policies. So there's some alignment there. Which there's not really any alignment. See, this is not fair to say, you know, oh, well, who's the closest to the, conf- uh, uh, the Constitution in this field? Uh, it's probably Amy. You know, that's like having me, Tim Tebow, and a Tim <laughs> Tebow and a wino. And which one's the closest to an astronaut? I don't know, probably Tebow because he's in shape. Right. But other than <laughs> yeah, that. I think that's about the level. That's <laughs> right. a good Other than that, nothing. Right. Nothing. I, he struggled with it, right. to be fair. <laughs> okay, yeah. But he, he I, I, I think the idea is that occasionally Klobuchar could, in theory, say something that is parallel to sane. That's the only standard we're talking about here. Um, and I think the left would say the same thing about Kasich, right? Kasich was a very boring, generic Republican that would say things that kind of felt good to the mainstream media, which is why he was the nice guy, right? Trump was mean. Cruz was mean. Kasich was the nice guy. He was the, mm-hmm. he was the moderate. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And they do say that about mm-hmm. uh, Klobuchar when she's not, you know, pelting she's, employees with yeah, things. She's, she's not Minnesota around. nice. As right? long as you don't work for her. Right. She's, she's very, very nice. nice. She's very nice. Uh, and as warm as those winters, she's grown accustomed to. Uh, so Tulsi Gabbard, then maybe Ben Carson. Yeah, because he's totally kind of from out of the not not a normal Republican, right? He came from a a totally different background right. as Gabbard she's, did. She's. Uh, she's very religious in her way. He's very religious, and I think didn't he have some strange uh, background and they, they are, or uncommon? There background? were reports on that. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and uh, they're both really nice. They both they kind seem... of had a little bit of attention, but never really made a serious run. Yeah, yeah, uh, so yeah. Okay, possibly. okay. okay. Right. Uh, now Tom Steyer, Oof. I put into the category of Chris Christie. If mm. power was money in his state, you know, uh, and mm. if because the only difference Aaron, this one feels like a reach to me. OK, it might be. It okay. might be. But here's what it is. 
you know, no matter what they act like, you know in your heart, there's a lot of corruption going on there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So you look at Chris Christie and you might be like, ah, it's funny. And look at the fat man on the beach and whatever. <laughs> um, but it's all about power. And yes, you know, there's a little corruption going on there. Maybe a lot. And the same thing goes with Tom Steyer. He can he can okay. write, you know, the little T's to remind him to tell the truth. Nobody has to draw a T on their hand to remind them to tell the truth. I wake up every day and write, don't be Satan yeah. on the back of my I hand. I do that Just too. to remind myself. I, Try not to be Satan. I get up every morning <laughs> after I have a reminder, don't be Satan. <laughs> Who yeah. does that? Usually it's easier. Yeah. You don't, you know, unless you are Satan... I'm not saying, look at my hand. <laughs> he writes crosses on his hands, and then he lights them on fire. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's kind of like Chris Christie. It's like, yeah, you know. Yeah, okay. You know. I mean, I, I it's a little bit of a reach, because Christie was, you know, a, a governor, and they're coming from totally different backgrounds. But I can see the similarities there. Yeah, they both bit. had power in their own way. Yeah. Both mm-hmm. have power in their own way, and both of them. You know, would close the bridge if they if they if they wanted to. Oh yeah, Steyer's closing matter. the bridge. For He's sure. closing the bridge. Oh, yeah. There's no doubt about that. Right. And Bloomberg is George Pataki. Bloomberg is. Think of that. Think of that. I, I think Bloomberg's got a better chance of winning than George Pataki. Yes, but they're both as lovable. Mm-hmm. Pataki might be a little more lovable, uh, but they're the same kind of New York politicians, yeah. certainly. <laughs> This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Like listening to this podcast? If you're not a subscriber, become one now on iTunes. And while you're there, do us a favor and rate the show. So Michael Bloomberg has $54 billion. Now, I cannot imagine because... I've watched others go through it. I mean, there is nothing that will talk you out of running for president faster than following somebody around the country who's running for president. It is a nightmare. It's a hard life. Oh, it's not only it's not only just a hard <laughs> life of, you know, waking up into cities you don't know where you're at and and just nonstop over and over again. It's just so dishonest and dirty with the press and just awful i hated it yeah i mean just because you're going from city to city but they're not like it's not like glamorous travel right like you're traveling uh back roads to little halls where you're talking to 40 people and and you go and go and go and you give the same speech over and over and over and over and over and over again if you mess up one little thing it's all over the world if you do everything right no one notices you know, it is really a, you know, and you're going in and out of like every back room and they've got like, you know, three day old danishes and that's what you're eating. And yeah, there's uh, nothing that not... will cure you from hotel food <laughs> oh. faster than going in the back way of hotels. We do that all the time. And I can name the hotels that I still am comfortable eating at. Mm. You walk through the back uh, kitchens and the back hallways and they are nasty nasty and i will say a lot of these people are used to the kind of the nice life right yeah and then they go to iowa and they're staying at like a holiday inn you know remember we stayed at the place where they were they had the pancake printer 
I loved that. In the lobby where you that just was the best. You just pressed a button and a Screw pancake the popped four out. Seasons. Oh god. They don't have a pancake printer. I love that hotel. I, I love that thing. I want one of them in my house. It was a Holiday Inn Express if I'm not wrong. I think it, it, was. it was. And it legitimately you just pressed a button and a and it like in about 40 seconds a pancake popped out. It was a nice hot fantastic delicious pancake. I want one in my house. Uh, why I don't mean, we have a one holiday, on set? No, a Holiday Inn Express. I want one <laughs> in my house. <laughs> so it is it's a different life from these, you know, politicians that are used to nice hotels in washington dc and they're traveling all over the country getting nice speeches and everything else that goes away for these the one thing i did notice that while you're on on campaign is you do get to see america you know that's the one thing that the electoral college ensures Mm -hmm. these people have to go out to the farmlands they have to go out to places and spend a lot of time with people who would never be in their circle. Never. No. And it's really good. Do you ever see Hillary Clinton at any state fair? Any state fair. <laughs> no. Right. Never. Never. I don't think she'd allow her private jet to fly over one. Right. Right. Uh, no, people stink down there. No. <laughs> uh, so it, it requires them, because of the Electoral College, to go into places where they would never, ever go and really have to spend time living the life that they live. And I think that's healthy in some ways. Oh, it's, I think it's definitely healthy. Yeah. But it's not something that if I have Michael Bloomberg money, no, I'm interested in, for in participating in. I mean, Steyer's doing this. Now, Steyer does not have Bloomberg money. He has a couple billion dollars, oh. which is not, you know, nothing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's basically poverty. You remember when a poverty. billion dollars yeah. meant something? It's basically poverty level right. is what we're yeah. talking about. Right. Uh, For the Democrats, yeah, kind of, yes. <laughs> uh, but he is, and by the way, his ad spending has taken a nosedive the last uh, few days. It's been, yeah, people are starting to wonder whether Steyer's decided, eh, maybe this is not going to happen. Uh, we, you know, Maybe my money is not going to be able to buy this election, which of course is what conservatives have been saying forever. That's not the way it works. Plus, he's out. He's totally outshined by Bloomberg anyway mm-hmm. on, on that front, so mm-hmm. he's in, he's. He's in trouble. But Steyer has been actually going to these early states and trying to campaign. And that's not something, even if I have Tom Steyer money that I'm interested in. Now, if I've got Bloomberg money, there's no way I'm doing it. Now, Bloomberg Well, one way to get Bloomberg money is Mm -hmm. to be the president of the United States. As soon as you're president of the United States, except for Donald Trump, you watch. Donald Trump's not going to be out making all these speeches and, you know, giving all these uh, because he's not in the popular crowd. It's true. He'll still do well, I think. No, he will, but not like, I mean, look, do you remember when the Obamas were like, we still have student debt? Yeah. And then they just bought a 11 or 15 million dollar house on Martha's Vineyard eight years later. That's a pretty decent eight years. Yeah. Netflix is like, here, take a billion dollars to make documentaries or whatever they're doing with that. I mean, it's so just a payment. It is. Right. It's just a payment. It is. Um. With Bloomberg money, though, you don't have to care about that. You don't care what your life is like afterwards. Your life is set. He's got $52, $54 billion. Uh, he's the ninth richest man in the world already. That's different level than even a Tom Steyer. Right? So like what that. do you do? 
all of a sudden you wake up and you find out that you're related to Michael Bloomberg. He just died of, you know, SARS or whatever. Uh, that Chinese <laughs> thing. SARS. <laughs> He's got that Chinese thing. Okay. I don't know how the Chinese keep getting sick. They all wear surgical masks. <laughs> how do you keep getting sick? There's a chicken and an egg issue here <laughs> you might want to really consider. Yeah. It's like you're all wearing surgical masks mm-hmm. all the time. The sickness may come from the surgical mask. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, you know, what do you what do you do if you are if you if if he dies, you're he's your rich uncle. You're the only relative to Michael yeah. Bloomberg and he's left you fifty four billion dollars. You don't even call me to oh. say I'm not coming in. You never. I mean, you might see my face on television if I get unlucky. Right. But you, yes, you're right. I don't even call. Uh, maybe uh, maybe I have someone we wouldn't No. Wait, wait, wait. I'm going to amend that. <laughs> Until you actually got the money, you would be coming in every day and you wouldn't tell a oh, soul. No way would I tell No anybody. one would know. Your best friends wouldn't know. Your wife mm-hmm. probably wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. You would just be mm-hmm. totally silent. Then you'd have it. Once you had the money, mm-hmm. ghost. Oh, yeah. To, to a lot of people, you know. I mean, maybe I'd Children? give you a call just to kind of laugh. You know, now the kids would come along. Kids would come along. Kids would come along. But, but would they be with the help now? Well, of course, someone's yeah. got to take care of them. <laughs> not going to be me. I got fifty-four billion dollars. Right. Okay. Yeah. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I'm sure. Not going to be working anymore. Right. Um, be patting them on the head. Nice to see you guys. Mm-hmm. Night night. Now, of course, my first call I, would not be to you or my wife or anybody else, but Jeffrey Lurie, owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, and of course that would be immediately purchased for any price. Uh, so I probably out about. I mean, it's, it's valued at three billion. He's not going to sell it to me at three billion Why? because. Well, because because I mean, why he could sell to anybody for three billion dollars, and he's not selling it, right? So I don't have, have to go have through to the overpay. NFL thing. Oh yeah, they'd approve yeah. me certainly. They would not approve you. Oh, they would. They'd no, love they would. They would hate you because you were. Aren't you the guy who worked with Glenn Beck? No, I've destroyed. Uh, you know what? No, <laughs> you have fifty-four billion dollars. You I'll could spend change a billion that. erasing you from the planet, so no one knows I ever knew you. <laughs> but yeah, minute. what happened to my studios? They were here yesterday. <laughs> There's a new apartment building where my radio studio was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, so if you own something that's worth three billion dollars and you can sell it at any time. Like, you have nice things, right? You could sell those things for the, whatever their market value is. You don't do that because you're valuing that thing more than the market does, right? Um, you know, I have, uh, like, if I've got So a- how much are you willing to pay for the Philadelphia Eagles? Out of $54 billion, how much are you willing to give up? I mean, well... Let's just say you're going to negotiate, but what is... What's it worth? John Huntsman taught me this. John mm-hmm. Huntsman Sr. Mm-hmm. Never pay more, not than what it's worth. Never pay more than what it's worth and what it's worth to, to you. you. Right. That's in- very important. Right. Um, I, mean, 54... I think he meant that that number should always be lower. <laughs> Lo- oh, really? Because I think yeah. it's certain things I would value more than others, right? That's what the market is. So I would value the Philadelphia Eagles certainly more than well, almost was, anyone. Right. But he was talking about he was talking about business. Remember, it's mm-hmm. it's still business. Like I asked him one time, when does a Gulfstream jet ever make sense economically and he said oh it never does now he's like a billionaire yeah never does then why did you get one because my time with my family is more valuable than right. the money okay exactly right right like i mean I, there's never a, a, a way of you know a vacation is worth paying for it. any vacation it's mm. not worth it 
financially. Mm-hmm. However, right. you're buying an experience. You're buying something you right. enjoy. So you're buying a two, four, six, eight billion dollar experience with the Eagles. Well, first of all, it's going to generate lots of uh, uh, revenue. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. However, yeah, I, I mean, you start getting north of ten billion, I start getting a little nervous. Probably nervous. You have fifty-four billion. Don't tell Jeffrey Lurie this because if I do get the fifty-four billion, he's going to have a very good negotiating wow. position. Uh, however, like, yeah, I want it. It's and I'll pay any price, basically, right? I mean, first of all, I only need to get fifty-one percent of it, so I mean, I might even be able to, maybe even be able to skimp a little. I can't think of anything that I would pay a billion dollars for. That would mean so much to me that I would. I mean, I mm-hmm. would start like, for instance. I could see myself starting a town, going out someplace, yeah. doing what Walt Disney did, what he tried to do with Epcot, and say, Nevada, I want this property, sure. and it's mine. I can build whatever. I, none of your little rules. I'm going to build a capitalist John Galt kind of town. That's and cool. we're going to experiment. I could do that, but I can't think of a thing or an entity that I would want. You wouldn't buy... Uh, you know, dis- some Disney property that you want, or you, they I mean, would never sell it to me, and it would be much more than fifty-four billion dollars. Yeah, that's well. I mean, yeah, maybe I, the well, Space no, Needle only just to spite all of the people in Seattle that are crazy, <laughs> because just, they could I, never, <laughs> right? They could as long as I keep the elevator up at the top, they could never grapple up. Yeah, you know, so they, I could, I'd be safe. I would, you know, what I would do? I'd put Crisco on the legs of the Space Needle. So you're just basically being Rapunzel. Is that is that your basically, story? Basically, but I never come down, <laughs> and then get, I electrify the roof, mm-hmm. and I electrify the little thing that goes around the Space Needle. So if you're trying to skydive in, you're trying to. And you have to look at me all the time. I'm in every picture you want because I have the space needle. And so I'm there every time just pissing you off and maybe pissing on you from time to time. <laughs> you know, if it's raining, really? Is it? Does it rain all the time in Seattle? Or is it that done back pissing oh, on no. us from the space needle, which he just bought? It might be that. Find out how much that's worth. Mm, I don't American know Financing, mm. NMLS, 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I like that idea so much. I might. We should call American Financing. How much, yeah. how much, down, do I, how much down do I need to buy the Space Needle? What kind of rate can I get on a $10 billion loan? <laughs> right. Now, there's no way for me to pay that back unless somehow or another I'm related to Michael Bloomberg and his only relative, and he decides <laughs> and to he, leave it to me. And he inexplicably has SARS. Right. Which is <laughs> a really weird thing for him to get today. He could, he could have it. Hey, he could have it. I don't even remember know. what SARS was. I think it was one of those viruses that was going around China for a while. It was like wasn't one it? of those things that, like, uh, it's like 2010, but maybe. But when, you said, when I said it, I'm like, oh, God, I hope that wasn't one of those really bad. Oh, it, was you know, pretty, like, it was pretty scary for, you know, it was, it was like the swine flu. Remember for yeah, like one year, everyone was freaked, freaked out about it. It's the flu. Uh, and there's a new one, too, by the way, that looks, again, very scary. Yeah. Uh, it's a flu. It kills old people. Well, and people with The regular flu it. kills a lot of old people. Yeah, I know. Sadly. This is just a, mm-hmm. you know, souped up flu. Okay. We got it. We got it. You understand the... Uh, I understand the concept of the flu. Mm-hmm. I got it. And this is a bad one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Get over it. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember when AIDS uh, was, first, was first coming on the scene and there was a product called the AIDS Diet Plan? Oh, yeah. They oh, were yeah. like candies. A-Y-D-S. A-Y-D-S. Yeah. AIDS diet plan. 
And I remember when you saw AIDS and everybody was losing weight and they were just, they, it was just a horrible death. I just remember thinking, those people in that company are just like, good God, you couldn't have called it Butterfinger? You couldn't right, cut it anything else. Anything yes. but AIDS? Yeah. <laughs> and they just disappeared. I don't. Definitely a secondary tragedy yeah. of the virus, but, uh, that would but be... it was sad. <laughs> it was sad. Not as sad no. as the actual, as the actual virus. Uh, the virus. That would be number no. one. That would be number one. Number two was the candy <laughs> diet company. Those two things. Man. Both victims. That would have been, the, that, see, that's my kind of investment. That I'd be like, just before AIDS was, I'd say, billion dollars. This AIDS diet company. They got a bright, bright future. <laughs> jump right in. Jump right in. And then the next day. They would announce the, you know, the actual disease of the same name. <laughs> and uh, the ink would be dry. And I would be back to doing this. The best of the Glenn Beck program. Hey, I'd just like to start a new segment. I don't know if we could do this every day or maybe even more than once a year, but um, the new segment is Not All People Suck. And I think this oh, is... it's not more than once a year, obviously. This I is, know, so it's an I annual, know, biannual... It might be uh, every... You know, we'll find one and we save it for the presidential election years. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So once every right. four years. Yeah, once every four just years. Just like the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> we we'll trot out a good story. We've got a good story about mm-hmm. people that make you go, you know, not everybody sucks. Okay. So this is a story about Howard Kirby. Now, Howard was living in uh, Owasso, Michigan. I don't even. Mm-hmm. I don't even. Okay. Owasso. I do. Get a real name if you're a town. Anyway, um, he purchased at the Habitat for Humanity Restore, he purchased a couch and an ottoman. And he brought it home, and it was just for his man cave, and he was sitting in it, and he was, like, really uncomfortable. And he was, you know, saying, geez, man, this this is, the ottoman is just really uncomfortable. It doesn't feel at all like the like the couch. And so his daughter says, let me, let me look at it. And so she found a zipper on it. And she unzipped it, and inside, uh, they discovered stacks of $100 bills. Okay? Nice. Now, it's not, not Michael Bloomberg money, mm-hmm. but it's sweet money. Okay. Okay. Now, I want to I ask, remember, the name of this is Not All People Suck, but we know that most do. <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, the first stop on the most do train is, if you found... Uh, forty three thousand one hundred and seventy dollars in a couch you just bought, possession nine tenths of the law. This was a yeah, you didn't steal couch. it. You didn't steal it. Mm-hmm. They sold it to you. It was in there. It didn't belong to Habitat for Humanity. They had it. They supposedly went over it. You know, make sure it was good, and they sold it to me. What do you do with the forty three thousand dollars? What is the thing that you do? What's my public position? What is that? What you're asking? No, what's your real okay. position? Um. I mean, I think I would be tempted. Oh, I'll be so tempted, but I wouldn't do it. Pocket the forty three thousand yeah. dollars, but I think I probably get tempted, and then eventually make yeah. a call to the place I bought it and say, "Hey." Oh, see, I would be tempted to pocket the forty three thousand, but then I'd know I'd blow it all uh, quickly, so I would actually make the call and and uh, set up a time to bring it to the bank. <laughs> to put, no, no, I, would do the, <laughs> I would do exactly the same thing. I think yeah, I, would, I, I, think would, I would. I would be really tempted, but I couldn't live with myself. 
And I, it would be it would be almost blood money. It'd be couch money. Because yeah, you'd wonder what the story was. Yeah. Behind it. I will say I would definitely exploit it for the most attention and positive. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah, I, I would, would be like, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm tiny Tim. I'm just am, basically a great person. I am tiny Tim mm-hmm. here. Uh, I want everybody to look at uh, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. That would I'm be, tiny Tim. I would change my license plate to look at me. Yeah. <laughs> after doing yeah. this, because yeah. I'd want everyone to know what a great person mm-hmm. I was, and mm-hmm. I would do it just for personal gain. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I might as well just keep the money. I'm doing I might it for just personal have my, anyway. my personal campaign would be who's better than me, and my license plate would just read "Not you, not you." Okay, so so anyway, so he's he biblical, right? Yeah, the, the, oh, yeah okay, of course okay. it is. Mm-hmm. Of course it is. It's in the Bible someplace. It's mm-hmm. all in the Bible. We're still in Bible country. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, so Kirby buys this place, you know, buys his couch from this, you know, secondhand Habitat for Humanity thing, and. Uh, you know the guys that are working there. They're not getting rich. He calls up and says, hey, you know that couch you sold me? Yes. I found $43,000 in the couch. Now, you're working at the Habitat for Humanity place, and you know that most people suck, mm-hmm. and you don't really see a future. You know, you're working selling used couches. Yeah. What do, second question? What do you do when somebody calls and says, "Hey, I have this forty three thousand dollars"? <laughs> right. Do you know who it belongs to? Because you're you're opening up my mind to a lot of possibilities. Yeah, here. my answer is yes. I do know who it belongs to. Yes, just bring it to Just me, bring it to me, and I'll and take care I, of it. I will right. deliver it mm-hmm. to the person. Which because I am only saying that because I know. You're going to start a campaign of who's better than me, and your license plate is going to be not you. <laughs> right. So there's also, but and we should explore this a little bit too. There's the thought that you call up the Habitat for Humanity and you say, "Hey, I found an ottoman with thirty six thousand four hundred dollars in it." So Kirby passes two tests. Yeah. For people that don't suck, because he could easily have just said a lower number. And, yeah. Although we could say there could have been fifty k in there. And he was and only saying 41. So we don't know for so sure. So he might suck a little bit. Maybe. He might but suck. But still, overall, pretty yeah, good guy. Pretty good guy. And then the Habitat for Humanity person, mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. if you're working at Habitat for Humanity, you're, you're probably, probably more likely person. to be a good person. Either that or you're a washed out wino. You know, and then Habitat for Humanity is like, we got to have somebody. I mean, we're at 3.9% unemployment rate. Who do we get? Right. And some guy's like, hey, I love your couches. <laughs> and you're like, you want to work here? Right. Okay. Okay. So the All Habitat right. for but Humanity person say, could have easily said, though, yeah. I know who it is. Bring right. it in. We'll get it to them. You're a really good person. You know what? Keep $100 because you're such a good person. <laughs> right. And then you keep the right. Then you keep it. But he didn't do that either. Hmm. He actually knew who sold them the couch. So he called her. And he said, Was there anything in that couch of yours? Now, somebody calls me, I think. Maybe there's a, I don't know, a dead heroin addict that, you know, was stuffed into the couch that I didn't know of. Oh, or, right, right. You know, there's SARS, which <laughs> just killed Michael Bloomberg, apparently. Uh, and he left all of his money to some radio guy. Uh, so I don't, you know, I'm thinking, wow, what's, what's wrong? I should train myself to think money might be in that couch. So the answer is money. That's what you should say. Anybody says, hey, you know that chair or that couch or... That picture frame that you sold me? Yeah. Yeah. Did you, what do you know about that? I made a huge mistake. It was worth a lot of money. Uh, it was given to me by, by my great, great, great grandmother. So glad you called. I've been panicked. So glad. I've yeah. been panicked. Why? What did you find? 
I think that's the right way. Right. It's like uh, it's like Ghostbusters. If if someone asks if you're a god, you say yes. Yes, right. That's, yes, that's what you do. <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> it's exactly right. So let's just keep that in case some in case anybody finds money or the Declaration of Independence. It's behind something that you sold at a garage sale. Mm-hmm. Just they call and say, "Hey, what did you know about that?" You say, "Oh my gosh, did you find it? Please tell me it's still all there." That's how you answer that question. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Please tell me it's all still there. Yes. Okay. That's the right answer. Oh, whew, I'm so glad. Oh, I don't want to tell you. Wait, wait. Because if they say, well, what is it? Oh, I, I, wait. If you didn't find it, I don't think we should talk about it. But yeah. I do need it back. Right. I desperately need it so back. So it's easy to do that. Mm-hmm. So this woman didn't do that mm. when they call her. Now, she's the third person. And she's like, well, that was my father's couch. Uh, and I just sold it. And I gave it to Habitat f- for Humanity. She didn't say it was hers. So all the way down the line, you go, well, that guy's dead. So I guess that money's mine. Mm -hmm. None of them did that. They returned the $43,000 to the original woman. It was her father's. He apparently was like, I don't trust the banks, Mm -hmm. which I agree with. (laughs) But I tell my children where the money is before (laughs) I kick it. Uh, and, uh, And so apparently he put his all of his money. Uh, into the into the couch. Either that, or this story has a really bad ending. That he was some like mob guy, and he right. was keeping drug money in the couch. But let's not. But go again, there. the title is not everyone doesn't suck. It's right. that some, some people, people don't, don't suck. suck. So it still would work. Yeah. Though I think there's a there's an opportunity here. First of all, if you're the daughter and you've donated this to Habitat for Humanity, isn't the right thing to do to donate the money to Habitat? For humanity and isn't it habitat humanity for humanity's uh position mm-hmm. you know what we sold it and hey you you got it and if we told you comes as is mm-hmm. and as is had forty three thousand dollars in it and you know we wouldn't have helped you if you found you know sars in it with a dead junkie yeah <laughs> So, so, well, I think so. I guess it's yours. The way the way this along should, with the dead junkie. What happens to the money though? Because the way this should end is they split it three ways, right? That's the way this should end. Where like the guy who tuned it in gets a nice no. reward, no. Habitat for Humanity gets a donation, and the person who didn't even know she had the money gets a big chunk of extra money. That's exactly what Solomon would say to those three. Let's cut cut the baby. Well, let's cut the baby in <laughs> thirds. You each take a third. Right. And that's when somebody like me says, Solomon, no, no, no. Guys, the right thing to do is give the money to me. <laughs> the fourth person? The fourth person. Who <laughs> wasn't even involved? No, no. I, it was my money originally. And your dad stole it from me. Exactly right. <laughs> he was a bastard. He was a bad, bad man. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to spend half of the money advertising. What a horrible person. So he was. this is, depending on if you count me or not, this is three out of four or three out of five people <laughs> aren't all bad. The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.